calling in straightened circumstances this week, but in a good mood nonetheless. Welcome to Hand of Pop. episode number 169. Uh, I'm Sam Kelly, and this week I'm joined by only one of the few but faithful Hand of Podders. It's Andres. Welcome back, Andres. Hello, and thank you. Uh, we are both... Uh, that's part of the circum- uh, straightened circumstances. Uh, the other part is that the editing of this podcast might be slightly tricky, because my computer, which regular listeners might recall, um, was broken at the start of the Torneo Transition, is now broken again, and is currently being fixed. The computer doctor hopes to have it back by Friday afternoon, which will enable me to edit this podcast properly. If he hasn't, then I'm going to be editing it at my girlfriend's flat on Friday evening. So Mm. that'll be interesting, because she's not got any of the theme music on her computer. I've had to get it somehow off the external hard drive that I had in the recovery file. So hopefully you will have music um, behind that introduction, at least. In, In this particular case, we can say it's the human's best friend, your computer, because dogs aren't as those just bother your normal perhaps editing and and, and, and the sound of the of the perhaps a, a normal podcast. No, indeed. Although I did get a question a couple of days ago from uh, one of the regular listeners, the guy who I can't what's his name. He tweeted me anyway. I can't remember who it was. I've had so many texts in, uh, tweets since then because of the uh, Copa Sudamericana final, which we shall mention briefly. Uh, who was asking whether the new dog who was barking all the way through last week's episode, was a girl or not, because apparently his two boys were very excited when they heard her um, a few mornings ago. Uh, I don't know whether it's a girl or not. It, that was the first time I've heard it, he, she, um, and indeed the last, because they've not been back, and she's not barking at the moment. What we did have about ten minutes before we started recording, blazing in through the windows, I presume from the school that's between here and the avenue, uh, was the Star Wars theme tune. So if you do hear any background noise a little bit later on and you're wondering why the Star Wars theme tune is audible in the background of Hand of Pod, just put it down to the wonderful uh, background noise that we always have from the streets of Buenos Aires here. It's that kind of city. Um, On to football now, having talked for far too long about the podcast itself. um, We have got a fair bit of stuff to follow. We have, of course, first of all, got last weekend's Donnelly Transition action when most of the final round of matches was played. Was there anything really notable that you can remember, Andres, that, that we should definitely, definitely talk about from the Primera last weekend? Number of goals, perhaps. There were a lot of goals in, in, in a few matches. Uh, that's, I think, the mar- most remarkable thing about last round, uh, which is tricky uh, sometimes to, for, at least for, for to the predictions and that stuff. Because uh, except the, 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 the matches that define the champion, which will take place this Sunday, are, are, they don't play for perhaps enter any competition or, 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 or something really important. But I think the, in this case, the, the, the something to mention about is the, 
Number of goals, yes. Belgrano, Independiente, and well, there was there were a lot, a few of other yes. matches. Uh, we've had a high number of goals all the way through this championship and it was a weekend in which clearly the clubs did not want that uh, pattern generally to end. Perhaps the bizarrest point, given that fact, was that Godoy Cruz failed to score. They lost, not only did they lose at home, uh, but they lost, no, hang on, no, that was nearly two weeks ago, wasn't it? Because of course Godoy Cruz's final game is away to Racing, so what am I talking about? They, they lost 3 another way to uh, home to Olimpo. Got that much right, but it wasn't this weekend. Um... We had on Friday, uh, Estudiantes and Tigre got things started with a 4-2 win for Estudiantes. San Lorenzo beat a bizarrely disinterested-looking Vélez Sarsfield 2-0 in Liniers. Um, Saturday, we had the only, no, one of two, in fact, goalless draws of the weekend, Olimpo versus Defensa. The other came between Lanús and Newells on Sunday in a match that nobody watched even though it was in the Primera, rather bizarrely, because it was played at the same time as the defining um, matches, the decisive games in the B, which we shall get on to very briefly. Um, Gimnasia beat Boca Juniors 2-0 in La Bombonera, also on Sunday. Back on Saturday again, Banfield and Central had a five-goal thriller, which ended 3-2 to Central. Belgrano thrashed Independiente 4-0 with an astonishing second goal, I think it's fair to say. Uh, Julio Forge got a hat-trick and his second one was hit from 40 yards straight into the top corner in the commentator's words afterwards damn it it's worth the pain of being alive when you get to see goals like that um, which was probably my favourite comment of the season in Argentine football most of the time they just talk a bunch of shit but that was poetry if it were um, if you like um, and then the other match which was particularly surprising which Andres didn't even mention as two of the culprits for producing goals, was Atletico de Rafaela versus Arsenal de Sarandí, which inevitably, given that Arsenal took until their penultimate away game of the season before they managed to win one, um, resulted in Arsenal's second consecutive away victory. Um, and what an away victory. They beat Atletico de Rafaela 6-1. Um, and they were 6-0 up before Atletico managed to score theirs with three minutes to go. Um, Brian Aleman, I think, got a hat-trick, didn't he? No, he scored two. Celasha, Palacios, Chimino and Godoy got the others. Um, but all in all, where did that one come from? Well, it's not uh, something strange for Aleman, whom we mentioned, or at least I mentioned last last episode, that he was on a streak, a streak mm. of, of scoring goals. In this case, it was uh, he, he had, had been... Scoring one each in, 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 in each match, in this case he, he scored twice. And uh, no surprise for at least from him. Yeah, of course, his first uh, away victory and that that victory is that yes, that's surprising. But Rafael has been uh, his their performance has been down uh, from match to match. Uh, so well, it's, I, I didn't perhaps we didn't expect so. Big difference, but uh, in terms of how matches, how how teams were playing the the matches, the previous matches, uh, an, an away victory or an Arsenal victory, independently of the of the of the goal difference, is no. It's, I think it's 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 normal in this case. Perhaps, perhaps although Arsenal winning away is, is the the genuinely bizarre yes. thing, and not to mention. The fact that, that was the other thing. Arsenal, in their first seven away games of the season, 
scored a total of six goals. And they've now scored ten in their last two away games of the season and won both of those matches because the previous one, of course, was I away to the Cruz for... I think that players, the, 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 the Palermo, the coach, and, and of course supporters would like to be a, have the, the goals distributed in a, in a better way, not so score six in on in a, in a single match. Yeah. Because, as you, as you said, they, they scored six in the last seven away matches and they scored six in the last one. Mm. So yes, <laughs> to at least I don't know win two or three matches for two goals difference and not only one for fi- five goals. Indeed, um, and I'm really glad as well that you introduced that little section, Andres, by pointing out that it was very difficult to predict this last weekend because Mystic Sam ended up with a glorious total of one out of eight. The only one that Mystic Sam got right was Newells versus Vanus, which ended in a draw. All of the others went very much the wrong way. Um, there are, of course, two matches left, which is why I only got one out of eight rather than one out of ten. Um, and those two matches come up on Sunday. They're between Racing Club and Godoy Cruz and Quilmes hosting River, both at half past eight on Sunday night. If you're in the UK, that's half past eleven at night. If you're on the eastern seaboard of the United States of America, it is half past six in the evening, I think. They might only be one hour behind us now. Can't remember... I'll let you work it out anyway. If you know what time you are in relation to the United Kingdom, um, then, as I say, it's, it's half past 11 at night there on Sunday. Um, before we talk about Racing versus Godoy Cruz and Kilmes versus River, however, which, of course, is the decisive pair of clashes for the league championship, um, we should talk about the main, most important thing that's happened for both of us as River Plate fans since we last recorded which was the second leg of the Copa Sudamericana final, which was played on Wednesday night here in Buenos Aires, in, um, in Belgrano, in the Estadio Monumental, and which ended 2-0 to River Plate, thus giving them a 3-1 aggregate victory, and meaning that their 17-year wait for an international trophy has ended. Their yes. first international trophy of the current century, indeed, and very much feels now, as we come to the end of 2014, um, like River Plate are... Well and truly back in business after the misery of, of recent years, much of which we've covered, of course, in Hand of Pod, because it's a lot of it's happened since um, Hand of Pod began. Um, they suddenly feel like a, a power again. Copa Sudamericana champions deserved as well. They um, they won the tournament unbeaten. Um, Andres, how did you uh, enjoy the game last night? Uh, well, first half first half wasn't that enjoyed really because uh, it was quite even and I could say that Nacional uh, that Barovero was to blame uh, because he, he was the, the main responsible to uh, why the reason why uh, uh, Nacional didn't score as, as well as Armani the the Nacional de Medellín's uh, goal, goalkeeper so He's also Argentine yes also Franco Armani uh, so we can say it was Quite, quite even, and wasn't that enjoyable. I think the second half was different because uh, after the the goal scored by Mercado, I think that and, and that, that 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 was something that also happened in the first leg. Um, after the, the after River scored a single goal, it's like Nacional Medellin was like uh, they knew that they wouldn't win or they wouldn't be able to to to, to draw the game, and that was. Just well, I don't know how to say it. They, they, their self-esteem was like 
they were like it was like a knockout, uh, literally for them. Uh, talking about the anemic or the self-esteem, uh, and uh, so second half was really enjoyable, and we could tell that River would uh, reach, will claim the, the, the Copa Sudamericana. It's interesting uh, how um, the team that you sympathise with can affect your reading of the half because uh, the first half. For a lot of the people I've, I follow on Twitter who were more neutral, um, when the second half kicked off, they said, right, let's have more of the same, please. That was a really enjoyable first half. For the River fan, I suspect that fingers were being bitten, fingernails were being bitten down to the quick, because uh, it was it was certainly nail-biting, as Andres rightly says. Franco Aramani um, pulled off a couple of fine saves to keep Atletico Nacional in it, and at the same time, Marcelo Barrovero had to pull off a couple of very good saves to keep River was, in it as well. Was chosen the man of the tournament also. The... Yeah, that was... Um, what did you think of that award? Well, I think was key the, the... I can't fight against that because he... We can't uh, forget, forget about the, the penalty save against Higliotti that was key. Really key. It was like in like, the semi-final against Boca. Yes, that was like a, a, a goal because uh, the way that supporters celebrated that and the, the opportunity that Boca had was huge. Always the striker in that case has most chances, uh, has everything to win, and and, and Barbero saved it. Well, not very well shot by by Higliotti. We of course can, can might must say that, but. Uh, he, uh, Barbero saved the penalty and that w- opened the, the or, or brought River again to the match, again to the match because a, a, a goal at that uh, situation at the very very first minute of the game would be we, we can't say, but of course, yeah, especially definitely. being the semi-final and away goals counting and all the rest of it. I, I think that 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 situation and the, and the ones uh, that uh, he saved uh, last night. Independently of Armani, who also saved a lot of, of chances from River, I think that well, that was definite uh, in, in order to, to to choose him as as the most as the most important. Uh, I think not the best, but, but the most important man of the Copa Sudamericana. Hmm. Uh, I suppose the other thing is that there's not been sort of one outfield player who's been towering above the others. In, in terms of ribbon, which isn't to say none of them have been good, but it would be quite difficult to pick one out between, say, Leonardo Pisculici, yes. Carlos Sanchez um, in the earlier rounds. Um, Leonardo Poncio as well was very good. Um, uh, what's his name? Rojas. What's his first yes. name? I forgot his Ariel. first name. Ariel, Ariel thank you. Um, Rojas. Uh, and also Rodrigo Mora. Um, who ended as the top scorer for River in the Sudamericana? Well, he got four goals. Um, it would be difficult to sort of say who is better out of one of those. Whereas Barrovero made some very key interventions. I mean, as he has done, as he did throughout River's uh, victorious league campaign under Ramon Diaz six months ago, and as he has done in the league as well, um, it, it comes up big almost every time. Uh, I've seen it suggested in more than one place in the last few days, in the last week, that he's the best goalkeeper in South America. I said it when River signed him. I thought that he was the best, one of the best goalkeepers in South America after his time at Vélez. Um, and I'm feeling rather smug now to have been proved right. Yes, we, perhaps Rojas and Mora were uh, more important in the previous stages and in this uh, two, perhaps, against Boca and, and Nacional. They didn't show uh, something like Piscolici, for example, scoring the, 
uh, two goals against uh, Boca and the Nacional de Medellín in the first, first leg. And, and last night, uh, uh, sh uh, shooting the, 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 the corner kicks in, in which after those corner kicks came the, the, the goals. Uh, so mm. it was like key in... in, in uh, uh, um, Key, play, key plays that were yes uh, the, the decided the, the, the score straight straight away and I, and I wanted to just put Piscolici up there as well just for a second a, a sort of embodying in a much shorter space of time that journey from utter despair to triumph that, that River have had in, in recent periods because it's worth remembering that on the 27th of April this year Leonardo Piscolici was playing for Argentinos Juniors and was relegated with Argentinos Juniors very much raging against the dying of the light he, he wasn't the reason for that relegation by any means um, but he was unable to, to revert that situation and now less than eight months later he's been absolutely key in, a, in the final of a continental well, championship that is, that is crazy because uh, I heard someone uh, 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 another journalist talking about that Uh, and it's, it's really it's remarkable how, for example, um, not only Piscolici, but also Videla from Racing, who came to Racing from Colón, mm. relegated. Of course. Yeah. And also Meli, relegated from Colón, in Colón, uh, went to play for Boca and also was good, a good key, a, a good piece into the team, uh, as, at, at, at least when Rodorena uh, assumed as a coach. Uh, so yes, it's 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 strange or, or, or it's crazy, but it's true that uh, players that had had been relegated and we didn't know how would uh, uh, play uh, for their teams in first division did it really well. Mm. And it's also a, a sort of a crowning point for for Pisculici in his career. In, in some ways, he's 30 years old. He's uh, just over three months older than me. Um, And all these won before is a few promotions when he was at Argentinos the first time round when they kept coming up and then going straight back down and then coming back up again. Um, he got they got promoted in 2003 and 2004 and in 2005 according to the Wikipedia of his career stats. This is the first trophy he's won. He's also played at Mallorca in Spain, Al Arabi in Qatar, and Shandong Luneng in China. I apologise if we have any Chinese listeners, and I just completely mispronounced uh, that before of course coming back to Argentinos at the beginning of this year um, he's finally got a trophy and it, it feels deserved very much I'm happy for him but it's also just remarkable that and, uh, and, and this was the next thing that I wanted to, to turn it on to was having talked about Piscolici's 2014 which has certainly been one of, of lows and highs therefore even regardless of what happens this weekend um, as I say that, that that's almost played out in a much shorter period of time what's happened to River in a slightly longer period of time in, in, in the last few years because it's only four years ago that River were six months away from being relegated so three and a half years ago they went down um, on that fateful June day um, in 2011 and we commented on that at the time that was our podcast um, immediately before um, the Copa America when we had Tim Vickery on I think it's episode number 27 if any new listeners want to go back and check that one out Um, in which we talked about Rivers' relegation and then also talked about the upcoming Copa America then at the time. Um, and since that relegation, that, that was... It feels like the turning point for River in hindsight, right? I mean, okay, obviously, Boca fans 
use it to, to mock River that it, it's been the fallback position. River have had a, a very good 2014 in which, and, and this does tie, and it's not just me reminding Boca fans that we've beaten you a few times, um, in which there have been eight Super Classicos played, including friendlies. I personally don't count the friendlies, but the media here do, which is why I mention them. Um, and River haven't lost any of them. I can't remember what the exact record is, but they've won the key ones, they've drawn others, um, and they haven't lost any. And one of the most frequent comebacks to that from Boca fans now is, yeah, but we've never played in the B. Yes. As if that's the. That's, it's the, like always the same phrase. Uh, and it, it, it's quite an alien thing to, obviously not to, to you, Andres, but to, to me and, and, and to certain, um, some of our other regular um, hand of podders. Um, it, it's a bit of an alien thing at first because in England there's just not the same taboo over having played in the second division because all of the clubs have been. Arsenal and Everton are the only two who haven't been in the second division in recent living memory. You know, people not very much older than, than me. I mean, certainly people my parents' age, if my parents were into football, would be able to remember Manchester United and Liverpool both playing in the second division, which to an Argentine seems unthinkable. I've actually had arguments with Argentines before who have uh, who've been quite adamant that Manchester United have never played in the English second division. And I've had to say, no, trust me, <laughs> I support them. They played in the second division not too long before I was born, honestly. Um... It's, it seems completely unthinkable from the Argentine perspective, which is why, of course, Rivers and also Independiente's uh, relegations in the last few years have caused such an enormous fuss. And yet, what we often see in leagues where this thing does happen and where it's not considered to be the end of the world is that the club uses it then as a building block. And without wanting, certainly, to praise the way that Independiente are run at the moment with a, a new board who's political aims you may or may not agree with and whose um, aims in terms of the Barra Brava are certainly nowhere near as noble as the previous boards were um, and also without wanting to overly praise Rivers board too much because as we mentioned a week or two ago um, they're not entirely squeaky clean when it comes to the Barra themselves it is very um, notable the way that both of those clubs suddenly having one promotion against the first division they suddenly feel like fun places to be again. Independiente have just finished, uh, whereabouts are they, fourth, is it? Well, in yeah, the, in the Donnelly Transition. Let's just have a look. If I can get this page to load. I should have brought the page up before I started that sentence. Uh, Independiente have finished, yeah, fourth. Um, one position above Boca Juniors, 33 points. They're two behind Lanús. Um, of course, Racing and River are uh, first and second, respectively, with a game still to play each. But Independiente have, have won as many matches as, as Lanús have, same number of matches as River have until now at least, with, with River still having one game to go. Um, and it's been enjoyable for them. Second highest scorers in the league, yes. joint with Godoy Cruz, 31 goals for, OK, 29 conceded, but still they've won far more than they've lost. And it, it feels like fun. Um, and for River it was the same kind of thing. After River came back up, they then had a couple of consecutive um, challenges for the title before they obviously won it six months ago and it, it, is it time do you think for Argentine football to maybe take a slightly more mature view of relegation it's just like, as it becomes completely impossible from next season because it's going to be 30 teams only two going down I think that uh, first it's, it's like uh, releasing some pressure because you, you were in the B division in the uh, National B uh, second division now you're back in first division it's like well, we did it, we promoted again to first division and now we can be at ease and, and, and try to play uh, uh, 
better than when they when, than we were about to to be relegated because we are back in the first division and that of course is important for for confidence and uh, uh, talking about the 30 uh, teams um, tournament i think that it's like a, a mix between first division and second so you you won't tell the difference between first division and second uh, except for the big teams like the, the River, Racing, San Lorenzo, Boca Independiente, and then there will be a lot of teams that uh, would deserve be, to be in the, in the National Bay, in the second division, uh, but because of this uh, promotion of 10 teams, they are in the first first one. So mm. it's like a mix that won't uh, let you... that will be very confusing for, for people that doesn't follow Argentine football and we'll see for example Samilto de Junín Tempelay do follow Argentine football as well and, and I, we'll be like a second division mixed with the first one not uh, clear that you will see who, who, which is the, the the first division which is the second one of course River Boca San Lorenzo Racing will be the the, the, the teams that will distinguish mm. the first one from the second one I think absolutely yeah um, it, uh, I think that that's a very real chance that we're going to end up with almost two divisions in one um, which we'll find out of course uh, next year um, but yeah absolutely and, and uh, the, the, the general point sorry as I'm trying to remember what the thread of my thought was now uh, was again just to repeat that River and Independiente the relegation has to some extent done them some good I would say Let's let's twist that round and put it a slightly different way. Had River not been relegated in 2011, if, if River had managed to win the playoff against Belgrano in 2011, do you think that they'd have had the success that they've had this year? It's hard to, to predict, yes, really hard. Without that kind of impetus to change the way that the club is run on the pitch, without the fans' anger maybe being directed towards Passarelli in quite the way it was and, and the subsequent change that that brought about um, because as we say Don Ofrio I think it's fair to say has certainly run the club very very well from the way that he's done it on the pitch in the last 12 months compared with um, with how Passarelli did it at least even though he's not 100% what is, what, is clear, what is clear is that the need to change wouldn't be so strong because uh, well we, we would have said well, we saved uh, from relegation. We are uh, at ease. We are uh, uh, we, we we are in first division, but we we just don't know how would that be. And now we are in a complete, uh, just a, a totally different uh, situation with uh, with uh, in, even a, a coach that changed the way the team has has been playing, becoming champion. So that's also a. a a very strong uh, point, something really, really uh, uh, remarkable. And, and uh, uh, I, I would like to, to to be here with some with supporters from other teams to, to discuss about this and and and, 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 and see what they what was their opinion because we are also we are of course two two real play fans and we are, we have our opinions. Which are opinions from real Plate supporters, and and uh, of course that will mm. be conditioned by by that by by that because uh, I, I was, for example, talking with some 
fans from San Lorenzo that I, uh, were a bit like angry because I I, I said that uh, South Americana was Copa South Americana was uh, uh, like uh, perhaps the real Libertadores not. I, I didn't try to say that the San Lorenzo didn't deserve the Copa Libertadores because they, they play against uh, Nacional de Paraguay and Bolívar, but four uh, semifinalists. Yeah, that the Sudamericana this yeah. year sort of, in some ways, felt like a bigger competition yeah. because yeah. of the uh, the makeup of the semifinals in particular. Um, as we mentioned last week, four semifinalists for the Libertadores had never won the Libertadores before, whereas yeah. the four semifinalists of the Copa Sudamericana, for the first time in the Sudamericana's history, were all previous Libertadores winners. Um, which we was had, to, had to defeat. Eh, Libertad, Estudiantes, Boca and Nacional de Medellín, which are really strong rivals and with this change of mentality that Marcelo Gallardo eh, very, very, in a very fast, uh, very quick, quickly eh, introduced in, to, to the players and who, who understood the message and, and could eh, put it in the, in, the, in, the, in the matches, in the game, well, it's fabulous how how uh, the, the 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 team played. Sometimes very good for football, nice to see, nice to watch. Sometimes fought was more like, uh, 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 for example, I guess Boca in the first leg uh, in the Bombonera was like more uh, a fighting match. Not uh, not they didn't play very very well, but. Well, we can't play. We will do like this. We we will try to fight. We will try to to have personality, and and I don't know if River didn't hadn't uh, if River wouldn't have been relegated. This would be possible. Uh, really, is I think impossible to know or to predict like you predict the. So let's put it another way. Again, to turn the question on its head slightly again, Andres, as a lifelong River fan, and I'm asking this particularly in those terms because, of course, I am a sympathiser. I have a River shirt, I have a River flag hanging from my kitchen door. I want them to win when they play. Um, but I don't feel it, you know, I, I've never pretended to feel it as deeply as, say, you or anybody here indeed who's who's been brought up their whole life supporting River as, as your first team. So if four years ago, six months before the relegation, which actually ended up happening, God had come down to you and said, here's what's going to happen. Either River go down in six months' time, but in four years' time, you're sitting here and they've won the Copa Sudamericana, they've won the Argentine League, they're on track to possibly defend that title at the weekend. You're looking forward with optimism to a Copa Libertadores uh, campaign which is promising let's say in um, in the next six months to eight months um, or you can have River surviving staying in the Primera for 2011-2012 but you've got to put up with another five years of mediocrity and you're not going to be winning very much what would you have taken? Well, it's really would, would, would you take the shame of relegation yes. having known that it was going to lead to this now or would it be no I prefer to stay in the Primera but put up with not winning any time. You have to fall to to like reborn and be born again, or and and, and fight for titles and, and and perhaps achieve them. Well, in that case, I I would take one season on on, first, on national national bay, but then come back stronger and 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 
well, uh, live like what we are living now, perhaps. Mm-hmm. In that case, I would take that because, after all, I am also a journalist and I have to anal- analyze and not only uh, talk like a mer- mere supporter because uh, there are a lot of supporters and even uh, journalists that only follow the campaign of a team and they talk like supporters because they are supporters with the microphone and, and, and in, this, in, this, in this case I, I have to take things seriously and, and, and to see what is better even if that takes being one season in the second division with well, taking that even what with the mocking Boca Junior supporters mocking with that because all the time you hear them saying you are from the B you are a B, the B team you are the, and, and, and writing River with not with with the other B most uh, hilarious spelling mistake uh, of all time I should explain by the way for non-Spanish speakers Andres's other B comment just then it's uh, pronounced exactly the same uh, in Spanish V and B are pronounced the same but they refer to it as long B and short B um in English, obviously, they're, they're completely separate letters, but they're etym- etymologically from centuries. And yeah, it's the B back, of the second the division of the National B. Yes. Um, but, yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. Because I, I wonder now, if you said, for instance, if the Primera wasn't expanding and making it all but impossible for them to go down, I wonder if you said to a Boca fan, you could either be relegated in six months, but then in five years' time, maybe with the Copa Libertadores, or... Stay in the Primera, keep your long and proud record, but you don't get to win another trophy for another decade. Let's say. I wonder what they'd say. It's like Boca, for example. I I know that uh, players are not. Uh, they don't think like supporters. Sometimes they do, like Gigliotti. That said, mm. some some teams don't. Uh, yeah, but Gigliotti was. Yes, he's strategy. We'll, we'll move on to that. I think that's a very good point. Um, we'll move on to it in a minute. But yeah, Gigliotti's reasons for saying that were perhaps a bit yes. more. Uh, but uh, I, I think that, for example, if Boca is is, is saying uh, River Plate, uh, even well, supporters, players, coaches, you are from the B, you are from the B. But you are what you are doing in the in the first division. So if you are like staying like like this, if mm. you are playing, you are not winning titles. You are uh, don't know. Uh, what you are playing for and, or the way you are playing you don't know it's not like a line of play like River Plate that had sometimes they they did it sometimes they couldn't but they had a line an idea Boga doesn't have that idea right now so if, what do you pre- prefer in that case it's a good question to, to be like for example uh, to be surfing in uh, in the something mediocre mediocrity or, or, or to I, I, I try to fight for titles that today it's repeated all the time that it's very hard to uh, uh, reach finals of two competitions at the same time and River is doing it, doing it. Indeed. lest uh, that be considered too polemical okay. an anti-Boca statement by the way I, we'll just clarify from the Hand of Pod editorial point of view that we are aware that Boca finished Second in the torneo final, um, fifth, yep, fifth without any doubt at all because Godoy Cruz can't overtake them um, in this current torneo de transición and have reached the semi final of the Copa Sudamericana. It's not by any means been a bad year for them. Um, 
in and of itself, obviously they'll be disappointed that they've lost out narrowly to, to River in both of those competitions, and, and River in particular winning them makes it slightly more painful. Um, but we're not trying to double go at a bocker there. The question was genuinely, you know, what would you choose for your team, given where River were three and a half years ago and where they are now? Um, and on that note, oh sorry, I, I mentioned when Andres was talking, I just butted into to say that we'd move on to what Gigliotti said, um, because that was one of the main, the main talking points of, as we say, a fairly meaningless last, most of the last round, sorry, of fixtures last weekend, um, which was of uh, Boca Juniors losing 2-0 at home to, was it Gymnasia? I've forgotten already. Yes. At home to Gymnasia, and afterwards, when he was being led off the pitch, Emmanuel Gigliotti was interviewed by the television cameras, and um, uh, what do you think of of how their season's gone, Manu, and, and his response was, well, you know, it's not gone too well, but uh, some of us, we, we lose and we still fill the stadium, and there are other teams who who win and get historic victories and, and can't fill theirs. Um, which, A, is slightly rich coming from a Boca player when we've seen La Bombonera uh, half full on numerous occasions this year uh, due to bad weather or just nobody being interested or what, or what have you. Um, but B was fairly obviously sort of playing to the gallery given that Gigliotti came in I thought very unfairly for an enormous amount of stick after the second leg of the Sudamericana Andres mentioned earlier in passing Marcelo Barrovero saving the penalty from Gigliotti in, in the second leg of that semi-final which we were talking about two weeks ago when we were reviewing that one um, and since then Boca fans have really got on the backs of this squad which as I say, I feel it's slightly unfair generally for the squad. They're not the best Boca squad in in the world. My girlfriend's dad is, is a Boca fan and frequently swears at the television when they're playing, gets very worked up, but he's not by nature an angry man at all. Um, so undoubtedly they're not the most talented Boca Juniors squad ever. But neither, I think, do they deserve all of the criticism that's come their way. I mean, it's remarkable what losing a semi-final again, to your most hated rivals, does. And Gigliotti in particular, I think, has got it enormously harshly. Let's not forget that Gigliotti, a year ago, uh, had scored the goal that meant that Boca had beaten River in, in the Monumental, the first Super Classico that I attended uh, in the league, of course. Um, and, you know, he, he, he was the hero. He, he's done an awful lot for Boca in, in the relatively short time that he's been there. And he has one penalty saved. OK, he's kicked himself about it as well. He's beaten himself up over it. But is there really any need to say you're not worthy to wear this shirt? You're... If the things had happened that's, the other way around, if he'd missed the penalty and then this year had scored the only goal... To that's the, the way supporters think, which is a, a, a way of no thinking. That is, you score against River, you stay in the squad. Well, some supporters You, you miss the penalty, you, you must... Keep be out of the squad some and supporters think that way but some people, some supporters don't think that way some supporters would will give them the support and so what I'm asking is specifically the, the supporters who do think that way rather than just saying oh but that's the way they but think board, board members also think like that because they thought about Higliotti uh, uh, having Higliotti out of the, of, the, of the squad because that will release them from the responsibilities mm-hmm. that they have also because these days has been uh, said that they will look for Pablo Perez, a former news player. Now on, on, on uh, I, I forgot the name of the of the team. Malaga, Malaga. Now Malaga. Ah, oh, yes, you're quite right. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't been active. He hasn't been playing, and and they look for him again anyway, just because his name is Pablo Perez and he 
looked good when he was at News, mm. and when Gio Moreno, Giovanni Moreno, Colombian ta ta talented player, was released from Shanghai Shenhua. Yes. Also, I also uh, apologize Chinese uh, <laughs> listeners because I don't know if I pronounced okay uh, well the, the name. Uh, and, and, and it was rumored that they will look for him also. Yeah, obviously and, we're getting to that point of the year now where everybody's yes. talking about throwing names around who are the big five going to be signing. And of course, so. but it looks like they are looking for players, not for an idea. And that is what I have just said. Mm. River has an idea. That's why Pisculici has adapted so well to the idea that Marcelo Aschardo had, which was try to play in, this, in, in, in a specific way. Sometimes it was uh, possible, sometimes it wasn't, but with an idea, a plan, something that was thought that we will play like this. And it looks like the Boca, Boca board members and directors aren't, aren't in, that, in that line. They, they are looking for players to put into the, into the team. And, and, and this is where then you get another point of, as I was saying 10 minutes or so ago, Donofrio at River has done a fine job on the pitch. Clearly, the current Independiente directorships, the, the, the club seems to be going the right way there as well. Um, and with Boca, we, we were saying this towards the start of the championship as well, after um, Carlos Bianchi was, was sacked. I mean, okay, why Bianchi was there in the first place was, was neither here nor there, really. But the, the board came in for a lot of stick about not running the club the way that a football club should be run. And is there such a massive need to just completely tear up the squad because you've just gone out in the semi-final of the continental competition to, you know, your, yeah, your most hated rivals, but also a team who are clearly maybe a year ahead of you in terms of development? I, I don't think there's anything too controversial about saying that River Plate for the whole of 2014 have been playing it simply a better football team than Boca Juniors. Um, and that's not necessarily something for Boca to be ashamed at if you take the rivalry out of it, which the board and the people who are planning the team should be able to do, right? You should be able to look at it and say, yeah, never mind the fact that it's River, that's where we want to be in a year's time. And how do we get there? With a you know, slow progression and by evolving the team. You don't get there by, oh, Emmanuel Gigliotti's had a penalty save, right, we're selling him in January and we're going to bring in somebody else. Who are they going to find? Who's a better target than the Gigliotti in the box? He's one of the best in Argentina. And, and they say that they, they must uh, hire new players because they, they must win titles. And at the same time, they are selling Leonardo Suarez, a, a, a young player that only played 50, 50 minutes against Arsenal, I think. Or, or, well, he, he played some minutes in two, in two matches. One of them was Arsenal. And, and uh, he was presented at Villarreal in mm. Spain. So that's the the work they are doing, which is they are like like this. They and are also letting uh, Thiago Casasola, who yes. was actually let go in in August, but he he signed on a free transfer for Fulham. Um, no, sorry, not a free transfer. It was something like a million euros. Which okay, yeah, for a seventeen-year-old who's never played a first-team game, that's a lot of money. I, let I, him develop into a first-team player, and he might get you four or five times. I was so. listening on the radio that if today Boca had to uh, play their first. Imagine Copa Libertadores match, they will have to put into their uh, pair, a pair of, of, of back, of, of uh, central defenders, uh, Chiqui Perez, Claudio Perez, and Comar, a young defender. Mm. Because Daniel Diaz is suspended for international matches 
he was sent off against River, the Copa Sudamericana. So uh, he will have to look also for for central defenders because they didn't have uh, decent ones to 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 face uh, the, the, the Copa Libertadores or even the the, the, the torneo no torneo transición will be will be torneo transición to no it's the torneo de primera división 2015 the 2015 uh, primera división championship because the next transición is going to be the first half of 2016. Uh, we should, of course, get on to all of that stuff. Well, we'll get on to that particular thing in about a year's time when we're explaining why we have another Tornel de Transition. Um, for now, ladies and gents, I'm going to give you some incidental music, and we're going to come back after this incidental music and talk about the weekend to come in the Primera División, because it's not quite over yet, and also um, about the major ups and downs in the... I think probably just the top two of the lower divisions, the B Nacional and the Primera B slash um, Doneo Federal A. So don't go anywhere. two huge matches coming up this weekend uh, as we've already mentioned in passing Racing Club host Godoy Cruz de Mendoza de, sorry Godoy Cruz Antonio Tomba who play in Mendoza um, the, the de Mendoza is not part of their name I was getting all football para todos commentator either and making it wrong and Quilmes are at home to River Plate who've just won the Copa Sudamericana but are hungry for more the mathematical situation of the league massively favours uh, Racing, as regular listeners will be aware. I think, to some extent, that Marcelo Gachardo's gamble of a couple of weeks ago when he played the reserves against Racing and allowed them to, effectively, to take the leadership of the league with a 1-0 win, um, has paid off now. They've won the Sudamericana. That was always the main aim, clearly. Um, hence, hence the gamble taking place. But River would love to be able to take advantage of any slip-up that Racing might make. And... It's Racing. So the chance of them making a slip-up is maybe slightly more than it would be if there was another team at the top of the league. Um, unfortunately, English Dan isn't here this week. He was unable to make um, a recording. We, we talked briefly about recording on Friday evening so that he could make it, but he wouldn't have been able to do it anyway. Um, and so here we are, Andres and I, both River sympathisers, uh, trying to predict Racing's chances of a league win. Both games, as we say, are taking place at half past eight on Sunday night. Andres, what do you think the most likely outcome is? Well, uh, I think that in, in uh, about Riverside, it would be. I, I thought uh, the one of the uh, men that covered the the, the, the daily uh, training sessions at River that um, that the starting eleven players that played uh, last night against Nacional want to play also against Racing mm. against Kilmes sorry uh, and it will of, of course depend on, on them how they feel about that about if they are uh, tired or not if they feel of course they will be confident because they have already won a title they, uh, and they will 
of course be pleased to win another one but uh, I think Racing has a bit uh, uh, or not bit a huge advantage of, of uh, having rested uh, for almost two weeks or for two weeks uh, and the only thing that we'll, we'll have to do in this is if they are have, they can face the pressure that they will have to uh, of course win the title in, at their home with all the people there in the, the crowd, the supporters, and that will that in, if if Jose Cruz play seriously, they could put them in, in trouble because they have uh, one of the well most surprising strikers in the in the tournament, which is Luis mm. Jaime Xavi. I don't, I don't know if he's, he reached the ten goals or not, but uh, he played uh, half of the matches, I think. So he 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 will be dangerous if he plays. So. Well, it's, I think the, that possibilities are open for both teams. Of course, Racing has the advantage of the two points be, uh, ahead of River and, and having rested much more than them, than, than, than River. Uh, but, well, it's it's open, I think. Uh, Ash- Ashobi, sorry to butt in, but Ayobi, I- is he Ecuadorian or Colombian? Yes. He's Ecuadorian, isn't he? Yes. Um, I didn't realise that he'd only played half of the matches because, as you say, he has scored a lot of goals. He's not quite got ten. He's got nine, but he's played 12 games. Um, so very much in keeping with Godoy Cruz's general um, disposition this year, which has been very high scoring. As we mentioned in passing earlier on, they are the joint second top scorers in the league. Uh, level with Independiente, only River have scored more. Um, and that, I think, really is what throws this coming Sunday it just gives it that little bit of uh, of interest because Racing are two points clear uh, of River going into these final games which have been postponed due to River's uh, participation in the Copa Sudamericana final of course um, so basically Racing if they win it doesn't matter what River do Racing are the champions if River win and Racing draw then the title goes to a playoff which will be played next Wednesday in a neutral stadium winner takes all um, and obviously if Racing lose and, and River win River win the league the reason that we're not really discussing what happens if River don't win is first of all well it's quite simple if River don't win it doesn't matter what happens to Racing River don't win the league but also River are away to Quilmes who are bottom of the table who are guaranteed to finish bottom of the table even if they beat River and who are I mean rubbish and they've not got a manager Pablo Quattrochi stood down after the last defeat two weeks ago I was talking to a Racing fan in um, one of my old local bars back in San Telmo a few nights ago. Uh, I went back down there to, to see how the barrio was coping without me. Um, turns out it's still standing. Not sure how that's happened. Um, and this uh, this chap, Eduardo, uh, huge Racing fan, who tells me that he's now his um, his wife doesn't let him watch the games live because he gets too nervous. He, had, he almost had a heart attack and he, he blacks out and stuff. Uh, last time Racing got anywhere near a title. Um, and he told me that for him it's entirely dependent on what Racing do because River you can give them three points already basically Kilmes are dreadful um, River are flying and they're very highly motivated and I would say I mean without wanting to be too presumptuous but really in terms of the form book you can't see Kilmes getting anything against River you have to assume and particularly if you're Racing you have to assume that River are going to win because Racing need to be focused and go out and do their jobs whereas Godoy Cruz much further down the table, again, obviously, Godoy Cruz are, uh, just to try and load the page again, where is it? Oh, God. Hang on. 
I've clicked on a couple of things in the back, but I'm taking me back to the league table now. Uh, Godai Cruz are down in 15th. Um, a win... Well, their attack means that an, an eight-goal win might not be all that surprising, considering it's Godoy Cruz, but they would need an eight-goal win to jump up one position. Their goal difference is minus seven, and Gimnasia, who are three points ahead of them in 14th, have a goal difference of plus one. So Godoy Cruz would need an enormous um, win just to jump up one place. And yet, the state of that attack means that you wouldn't entirely put it past them to win. Whereas, Kilmes River is pretty much a done deal. Um... <laughs> Racing versus Godoy Cruz is anything but, even though it's first against 15th. And it's the attack and the fact as well that Godoy Cruz seem rather annoyed that people are sort of saying, oh, have, have River paid them to, to try harder to win the game or have Racing paid them to lose the game or what what's going on? Um, the manager, Daniel Alderas, seemed very, very annoyed when he gave a press conference yesterday. He was very uh, angry indeed and was saying, you know, we have a chance to really affect the outcome of the championship here and we want to go out and try and do it we, we want to prove that, that nobody's uh, given us anything that, that, that we just want to win the game um, and, and and that's what gives it this, this kind of degree of intrigue coupled with the fact that as you mentioned Andres River sorry uh, Racing have had two weeks to think about this and on the one hand that means they should be very focused and they should be very clear in what they're doing on the other hand, it means they've had two weeks to think about what representing Racing of all clubs means in this title running, and are we going to cock this up and all of that stuff might just be playing in their minds a little bit more. I know that English Dam has told me several times uh, in the last week and a half that he doesn't know whether he can cope with the weight, and if the fans are thinking that way, you have to wonder whether the players are also going to be thinking, hmm, this is just too much, are they going to overthink it? Well, both Godoy Cruz and Kilmer's teams have the possibility to be on the newspapers in the at first important spot in the in the, in the uh, newspapers and, and we have to remember uh, last River Kilmes which was 5-0 for River at the in the Monumental with Caruso Mardias the coach of Kilmes who was very I'd forgotten about that yeah you're right <laughs> very annoyed with the performance of Kilmes who perhaps we was but like also that who, who pre-game was giving it all Mouth about how yeah. oh we're definitely get, we're going to go out and win we're you know they're not as good a team as everybody says we're going to give them a really tough game and went home with his uh, tail between his legs. Uh, it's like practically they they let River begin the party and and, and finish it and, and they don't do they don't do anything. So in this case, I think that if Kilmes players remember that match, they will say we can't do that anymore. We have to remember that not to repeat it. But yes, it will be very difficult for them because there will be a team that has recently won a title and will like to play to, to win another one. The same for Godi Cruz. Like Aldra said, I think that on, on their, in their, uh, if they are, uh, the players are, are talking with each other and, and with the coach and that, of course they will want, they will like to win and to, and to, uh, be there as, as the ones that that uh, prevent 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 the racing from 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 winning a, a title. So, <laughs> uh, uh, apart from the the rumors of the money that could could have been given for for even God Cruz or Kilmes players, well, uh, I think that the the uh, uh, God Cruz and Kilmes both teams will will. 
uh, want to be there on the on the newspapers like the ones that ruined the the titles for Ivan River or Russell. Mm. Indeed. Um, that much, of course, is all still to come, and we're looking forward to it. But one thing that is being decided, uh, that, that pretty much has been decided now, are the promotional spots. Because at the weekend, as we already mentioned, Newell's versus Lanús, which ended nil-nil, was played at exactly the same time as three crucial games in the Nacional May, which helped decide promotion. One of which ended in rather controversial fashion in Group A, because Colón... Um, were really slugging out and struggling to break down Boca Unidos. It was Boca Unidos, wasn't it? In Santa Fe. Um, until the last sort of 15 minutes of normal time in which they scored three goals. Normal time into stoppage time. There were 15 minutes of stoppage time added because during the second half a Boca Unidos player was hit by something thrown from the crowd and that caused a big delay in play. Um, and when Colón's third goal went in, with seven minutes still to play, there was a huge pitch invasion. Now, far be it from me to say that in certain other countries with certain more competent football associations, Colón might have uh, been forced to forfeit the match as a result of that. It's the home team, and it's clearly the fault of their security personnel who let all the people onto the game, onto the pitch. Um, it's not happened, and Colón are up. So congratulations to Colón. Little justice done, really, um, because the match didn't finish. There were seven minutes still to go, and it was the winning team's fans who caused the game to be called off, which I think is, okay. but they were 3 nil up. But still, the principle is you at least replay those last seven minutes, if nothing else. It, it's not quite the same as the, the relegation playoff between River and Belgrano when River were losing and River's fans invaded the pitch. In that case, you kind of think, well, OK, yeah. No need to worry about playing the last seven minutes there. The club need to be punished, but what's the point? You know, the punishment as well uh, corresponds. In this way, you're simply, you know, you're kind of awarding Colón for letting their fans on the pitch. If it, if it had ended, if it had been one nil with seven minutes to go and the fans had invaded the pitch, right? The game needs to be yes. finished. Yeah. So what difference does three nil make? You can have three goals scored in the space of seven minutes. It happens all the time. Anyway, after that little rant. Colón finished top of Group A on 31 points uh, on goal difference ahead of San Martín and, funnily enough, given that we were slacking off their form earlier in the season, Argentinos Juniors, who uh, returned to their rightful place, as German Dan put it in the group email when we were arranging this recording. He couldn't make it along. Um, they returned to the Primera at the first time of asking. Juan Román Riquelme, tremendously non-committal afterwards. They asked him what his plans were now and he said, I'm going to go home and eat some barbecues and... Uh, drink a lot of mate and look forward to the holidays that is what he does re- regularly he not, doesn't yeah. change anything because uh, precisely he, he yeah. completely refused to be drawn on whether he was going to return to Boca or whatever we know that Rodolfo Arroyo Barrena apparently doesn't want him at Boca um, but obviously those voices aren't going to, to go away asking for him um, there is obviously it's the top five from each group that go up and we have three teams just one point behind the three that we've just mentioned with all the games now played which means that Nueva Chicago Aldo Civi and Gimnasia de Jujuy will have to play a three-way tiebreaker two of those teams will be promoted to the A had Boca Unidos uh, got a point against Colón as looked like it was going to happen for a very long time um, in that match they would be on 28 points Colón would also be on 28 
And that would mean it's very complicated, but that would mean that neither of those two teams would have been promoted. So Cologne's three goals followed by pitch invasion ended up mattering an awful lot. Um, and might also have denied Aldo Sivi the chance, because Aldo Sivi beat... I'm trying to remember this now. Was it Douglas Haig that they beat? No, it was Federal, wasn't it? Uh, no, no, it wasn't. Yes, it was. No, Aldo Sivi played today in Chicago, I think, so... Uh, Today? Yes. Today? Oh, in the first of the uh, tiebreaks. Yes. Aldo Sibi beat at the weekend. Let's see whether I can get it up. Bloody hell, I should be able to remember all this, but I can't because it was all very confusing. Oh, they beat Gimnasia de Jujuy, in fact, and now they've got to play, as you say, they they, they played over Chicago today and they're going to have to play Gimnasia de Jujuy in the other match of the three-way tiebreak. so there you go. They, they were effectively, those two teams were denied promotion by Colón's late pitch invasion. And in Group B, I don't think that there is a tiebreak at all. I think we've just Yes, it's Huracán against uh, Atlético Tucumán. Oh, of course it is. How could I forget that? Yeah, you're quite right. Union won it comfortably. Obviously, we mentioned Union's promotion weeks ago. They finished with 41 points uh, from 20 games. Crucero del Norte are up. They, they ended with 33 points. Temperley finished with 32 points. Sarmiento de Junín with 30 points and we have another tiebreaker as Andres quite rightly says between Atletico Tucumán and Huracán Huracán by the way if they do not win that tiebreaker will again of course be playing in the second division next year as well as playing in the Copa Sudamericana and the Copa Libertadores next year because River winning the Copa Libertadores means that the Supercopa Argentina uh, which is played between the champions of Argentina and the champions of the Copa Argentina um, the slot that that Supercopa would normally get to go to the Sudamericana automatically goes to the runners-up of it or, well, to the other team involved in it because River have won the Sudamericana so they take the other so slot Today it was, it was said that, it, that they wouldn't that they weren't uh, qualified automatically that they really? wouldn't have to win anyway to, to qualify to the Copa Sudamericana but I, I think that they don't even know if it is like that or not it's yeah. all very silly. It's very confusing. Yeah. I was not aware that there had been none. We are not sure if Huracan, if, if because in that that way, it's a, it's useless to play a match that is already decided. Well, apart from the fact that it's the Super Copa, so it's a trophy, and you know they play it for that reason. I think rather than um, just deciding the championship. But yeah, you're quite right. It's uh, it's all very silly, and very confusing, and I agree entirely with what Andres says about how they would appear to just not know. <laughs> Basically, that that's by far the most likely. Um, and ab- about the Huracan and Atletico uh, Tucumán venue, I think that also is not decided, and they will play this weekend, because they will, they will. Uh, it was decided previously it's that they will played. play against uh, in Cordoba, in the stadium that it, that was destroyed or was uh, by by Tacheres, uh, supporters last weekend, uh-huh. and then they decided to play in Mendoza, but in, there it will be a, a concert in Mendoza. That will take a lot of people. Oh, uh, really? And the Mendoza uh, police wasn't prepared or wasn't enough to take care of... of, of not, not, not As we saw on Spring Day with the Godoy yeah. Cruz Tigre game being yeah. postponed on the 21st of September. Uh, the police don't So happen. don't know if it's decided That's where they will play. That's still interesting. right now. According to Universal Football, um, it's kicking off at 17.15 on Sunday. Um, in the Malvinas Argentinas, which is the municipal stadium in Mendoza, but as Andres says, there's some doubt over where it will be played. The kickoff time at least seems fixed. Mm. And in the Triangular, we have Nueva Chicago versus Aldo Civi, which has finished nil nil, and the other matches haven't been timetabled yet, apparently, which is a bit weird. Um, 
But anyway, there we go. So it's all drama in the second division. The third divisions are rather confusing, and I don't know whether we should really go into this without our trusty friends Gustavo and Santiago here who can tell us what's what. Uh, so we might leave them until next week when we'll hopefully have at least one of those two involved in the recording for the end of year. And also it will all have been decided by that point. So that's kind of better anyway. Um, is there anything else to cover? We've covered River winning the Copa Sudamericana. We previewed the last weekend. I think that we've um, pretty much got most things done, which means, having just recorded for just over an hour now, uh, that I'm going to play some more music and we shall come back in a few seconds and answer just a couple, because we've only had a couple, of listeners' questions. And you have mini Mystic Sam. Oh, three questions, in fact, because we've had one via email, as usual, from David Ellingham, who first of all wrote me a separate email to take issue with uh, my recommendation of The Ball is Round as the best football book ever written last week. Um, he has a couple of criticisms, but I would say that factual errors in a book that size, I can live with them, especially the one that he pointed out was quite a simplification as well, but I shall reply to him separately anyway. Um David's question for the week was on last week's show we mentioned that Juan Domingo Perón was a Racing fan is this the reason that Racing are highlighted prominently throughout the film The Secret in Their Eyes no uh, that is the short answer I'm not aware at least of uh, uh, what's his name the writer Sakeri being a, a particularly big Peronista although Argentines generally when they talk about know, politics become the writer Sakeri is Peronista, I didn't know. No, I'm saying I'm not aware of, oh. uh, of him being a, a big Peronista. Uh, I think it's just that they're one of the big five. But there is also a, a, a more a recent president that was also a Racing fan. I know you know about it. I've heard of him, yeah. And he was once in the in the training in a training session with Carlos Lombardi also. We Sorry, to mention for, for the benefit of, uh, of listeners who might not be aware of yes. who the recent president who is a Racing fan is, it was Nestor Kirchner, yeah. uh, who of course has overshadowed um, Argentine politics, has bestrode them like a colossus uh, almost from the beginning of the 21st century, um, and who died four years ago, yeah, just over, and whose wife is the current president. Uh, but no, I don't think that uh, Perón being a Racing fan has anything to do with Racing being the club used for as the Greta de los Ojos. Why they were the club used, I don't know, but I would have thought it's going to be something more personal to Sacheri. Is it Sacheri or Sacheri? I think it the Italian I, way? I will pronounce him Sacheri, but because I, I, own, own, uh, I, I pronounce the C with the H, like this. Yes, well, that's why. Right. But the Italian speaking, yeah. will be Sakeri, but. But of course, this is yeah. like Mascherano or Mascherano. They're yeah. both correct because he himself pronounces it Mascherano, probably because he's Argentine, not Italian, in spite of the fact that it's. Actually, no, I've, I've heard it's not an Italian surname, but that's completely diverting away from the question. Uh, the short answer to the question, David, is no. The longer answer is Eduardo Sakeri might well be a Racing fan. Uh, that's that's a more likely explanation, at least. The same like Bianchi and Bianchi, or or Bocchini and Bocchini. The pronunciation depends on the 
Or Mouchen, Mouche. Yes. As Fianchi used to call him. Um, we have had a couple of questions as well from Twitter. One is from Toby Millard, who says, Has there been much talk in Argentina about the exciting young Palermo striker Paolo Dybala? Because apparently he's turned down a call-up from Italy in hope of a call-up from the Albi Celeste. I think that he, he, he answered when he was asked if he will represent the Italy squad that he will have to think very much about it because it's not a very simple decision even though he knows he will hardly be called up for an, any Argent, Argentina match because of, we, we already know that, that Argentina has a lot of strikers and I think that for three or four years and well uh, but anyway he said that uh, he will think about it and it's not uh, he has not decided yet uh, about that there's certainly uh, people are aware of him. He played in the Belgrano side I, uh, that won promotion, didn't he? I don't think he played in the No, Primera. Instituto, not Belgrano. Instituto, thank you very much. Yeah, he, he played in the Instituto side when River were in the second division, which just now really failed to come up, which is why people are aware of him, because people were paying attention to the second division in that season. Um, and so from that point of view, people are aware of him, people are aware that he's doing very well in Palermo, people who follow European football, at least here, are aware that he's doing well in Palermo. Um, but there's not been much pressure, no. I mean, it's the same thing as an awful lot of these forwards who, as we say, almost have to play for a big five side and really for either River or Boca before going to Europe in order to get a media lobby behind them, let's say, yeah. for the national side. I think there are two players that are ha, ha, have been tempted in order to uh, an eventual call-up for, for Italy, which also is Franco Vasquez, who also played for Belgrano and he also plays... You know, he, he played for Regan, not not Instituto, and uh, I think he's a teammate with uh, with Pablo Dybala, and mm-hmm. also for Palermo. Indeed. Um, it'll be interesting, as I said, Dybala, Argentina, as we say every time anybody asks about a young Ford coming through, it's not that he's not good, it's just that they've got such high standards to, to get better than if they're going to break into the team. Um, and Liam Kelly says, who was River's best player during the Copa Sudamericana? For me, it was Pisculici, and Barrovero comes a close second. We kind of addressed that one already, but in one word? Yes, I agree. Pisculici and very close Barrovero, I think. They, 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 and, and I think that a bit far away, but also deserves to be at least in, the, in, a, in a podium would be uh, Leonardo Ponce because of the of the last two draws against Boca and against uh, Nacional. Hmm. Um, I agree entirely with Andres. Essentially, I, I was just going to... Andres uh, stole the name from my tongue. I was about to say Poncio as well uh, would be the other contender. Uh, but yeah, Pisculici for his performance in the final, in both legs of the final, uh, was magnificent. And now, ladies and gents... I'm going to play some music, which may or may not be Mystic Sam's theme music. If what you hear next is Mystic Sam's theme music, that means that my computer has been fixed um, in time. If what you hear next is not Mystic Sam's music, it means my computer's still being fixed, and you will now hear the normal incidental music. What you will hear after that are my two predictions for the coming weekend in the Primera, so don't go away.
Here are my predictions for the very last weekend of Primera action. I'm going for Racing and River to win both matches. That was quick. Okay. Um, which would mean Racing and the Champions. We will be back uh, next week. Uh, sorry, Andres, do you agree or disagree with either of those predictions? Mm, well, uh, obviously we're both keeping it's our a mix between the, wrong when it comes to racing. But. It's it's a it's a mix between this, uh, uh, desire and, and and what I really think. And uh, reason says says that you are right. That I think that Racing will win and also River. So Racing will be champions on the torneo transition. And what I did, of course desire is to have a playoff next Wednesday. Yes, we will see what who who, has, who is right. We will indeed. Whatever happens uh, on Sunday and then potentially on Wednesday, uh, our next recording session will be on Friday of next week, um, in which we will hope to have English Dan on board. Whether Racing, as expected, win the league or hilariously cock it up. Um, in order to review not just the Torneo de Transición and not just Racing's hilarious cock-up at the end, because Andres and I are both keeping the faith that Racing will continue to be Racing, um, but also to review an eventful 2014 for Argentine football overall, I think it's fair to say. Yes. Both Continental Cups won by Argentine clubs, Argentina finishing as runners-up in the World Cup, uh, it's not been bad, um, and to look forward to what promises to be, if nothing else, a tremendously confusing 2015 um, but for now, ladies and gents, for the next week at least, enjoy your week of football. And it's goodbye from Andres. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. Goodbye.